Welcome back to the Water Boys Podcast, where we're on episode 17, and I know what you're probably thinking. Why is there a special guest here? Uh, Sydney Linden joined us for an interview today as well, but she's also doing the intro with us because she has sat behind the camera for a long time now. She's our production, you know, agent, whatever you want. Assistant, yeah. Anyway, she has had enough of Grant's hot takes... On the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> On the Ottawa Senators and how America is better than Canada at oh hockey. Oh my gosh. Now, there yeah. are two things that she has like made comments at you about. Yeah. We got, yeah. we'll We've got. we had to cut this out of the podcast, so we'll finally let it in. We'll start yeah. with uh, your Ottawa. All I'm saying is it was a bold take to say Matthews is going to score three. Toronto should have slapped Ottawa, but they didn't. They only won an OT, and Matthews didn't score any goals. He's still, what, yeah. sitting at 58? Yeah. yeah. That was surprising, to be honest. Matthews not going off on the tear there. But No, but I was looking Ottawa, forward to, your, to Ottawa, this game. You can't defend Ottawa right no. now after losing to the Kraken 4-2. Valid. Ba- very yeah. valid. Like, What's next? Nice? You going to lose to Montreal and Arizona next? You Montreal! <laughs> you haven't been able to lose. You haven't been able to like put a respective name on the center since they're... 2017 conference finals run, and that's when Sydney stopped becoming a <laughs> Senators fan. <laughs> so she was traded and the thought it was over. She's not even loyal to the team. So I don't even know what to think about it. She's just fired up because you know Matthews didn't even score a goal. I don't, and he's not Sydney even playing there. right now. He yeah. is out right now. So who knows why? They're probably doing what you know Russia. Tampa Bay is gonna do. You know, just <laughs> send them out and don't play off. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just, why don't you get some rest there? I don't know if Matthews is, like, wanting to be out. It's undisclosed, so we don't know. Now, if he doesn't hit 60, I'd be pissed if he's just, just being bust. told. If he's being yeah. told to sit out. That's a bust. Like yeah. it, Getting two goals away from... Yeah, yeah. Like, that, like Steven Samkos talked about it. If you get to 59, like, in the season that he scored 60, yeah. he was at 59 for a little bit. And he was stressing because his it, minutes skyrocketed you, when he was at fifty nine. If you don't get the sixty, it feels like a bust. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, if you're that close to it, then it just it's a bust of a season, like yeah, in yeah. theoretical terms. Well, yeah, if you get it's almost above like you spent your whole season scoring yeah. <laughs> that many goals yeah. and not get one more. If you get above yeah. forty goals in the NHL in a season, you are a fantastic hockey player. I don't yeah. think oh, sixty, yeah. you know, getting fifty nine is a bust of a season. No, but you're just so close to sixty as like a player. You're yeah. like before. Like, before we get to uh, current topics, the other debate that uh, Sydney oh. Sydney like was fired up about, and she was extremely no, I was fired. mad at him for not defending Canada. Okay, she was extremely <laughs> fired up at yeah. this guy. Yeah, but what started it all is me saying America is better at sports and. It was because he said, he said, no, okay, we have to explain why. The 2015 Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup, and the 2010 and the 2013. Now, most most of those players on the team are Canadian, and he is claiming that because it's an American team, that it's America is great. Now, she is claiming... Okay, okay, okay. That got real close to a red hat statement. (laughs) America is not great. American sports are far better than Canadian, though. Yeah, because you guys have the money to spend on the Canadian players. Oh, so we're better. No. Because we got the money. No, you're better. No, you have the money. No, but you have the money to spend on, like, Canadian players. Why aren't you spending it on your American players? All right, that's because we're better, so you're going to give us the money. Where's Austin Matthews? He's from Arizona. Oh, and uh, okay. what country is Arizona? Uh, the U.S. You see okay, like, so the top goal scorer like in the NHL right is from the U.S. Yeah, but we're talking about Chicago here. You're Chicago. If you fan. matched up the 2022 Olympic rosters, who wins? Oh, Canada. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's my point. That's my point. Well, you know, that's my point. American teams in the NHL. Where this all started, American teams in yes. the NHL, far better than Canadian teams. Only because they're made up of Canadian players, and only because there's like twenty, there's only like seven or eight so, Canadian teams. So the odds of them winning a cup 
But it's that high compared to the U.S. who have like 20, 30 teams. Forget the odds. Or if you have one, a Canadian team has won a cup in more than 20 years. But a lot of yeah. Canadian players have. Yeah, a lot okay. of Canadian Congratulations players Congratulations to the players. Congratulations <laughs> to the players. Congratulations <laughs> to their nationality. That's awesome. But the Canadians, the Leafs, two Alberta teams, Vancouver, you got Ottawa. Justin, why aren't Canadian teams winning the Cups, man? Timmy, uh, why aren't Canadian teams winning the Cups? You got great teams. You got great no, teams. No, no, great. We don't well, have great teams. Like the Montreal Leafs Yes, well, this year. This year, <laughs> Montreal is terrible. <laughs> three, four years ago, Montreal were contenders. Oh, last year they won the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. No, okay. The Leafs, they just blow it every yeah, year. Yeah, the Leafs just blow it. Like, That's a given. Leafs yeah. on paper should have won the Stanley Cup. Like, yeah, they, yeah. Should, they, they should, should win the Stanley Cup. You know what the Leafs remind me of? The Kansas City Chiefs four years ago. Just getting hopeful one, contenders hey. haven't won one since the fifties and sixties. Getting beaten down by Tom Brady. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what. It but is. you know they're Tom coming Brady back. To go. If you're going to defend your Canadian teams, you got to defend Toronto. Like that's no, a Canadian like, staple. Okay, we have yeah, a good shot. That's we have a good shot. A Canadian team has a good shot this year. Shout out to Kyle Wilson. His Calgary Flames. Yes. They do have a shot this year, and uh, we're looking and we're hoping. That and they're leaning on Kachuk like a concrete frame. No, we had Johnny Hockey, but you know what? Guess what? He's American, so you do have one exactly. player that is actually The superstars decent. are American. No, they're not. Kaner. Kaner. Like, okay, so you have Connor McDavid, John DeVaris, Matthew Barzell. Yeah. <laughs> Great players. Great players. Austin Matthews. You have like three superstar players. That's it. We have like 12. Sidney Crosby. Brad Marchand. Thank you. Nathan McKinnon. Where does your players stack up to Nathan McKinnon? You know, just like what lineup do you have? Let's go to the goal race here. And Austin Matthews on top of them. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He can't take his team past the first round. What's he done in the playoffs? Yeah, nothing. Well, so you can get you can get sixty what? goals all you want in the regular season until you make it through the first round. You ain't proved nothing yet. Okay. Well, I I just hope. Well, anyway, the, the dust is settled. Canadians are great players, but as a team, American teams. Yeah. So we'll we'll just leave it at that for the American Canadian debate. And speaking of the American Canadian debate, the 76ers and Toronto Raptors. 76ers all the way here. And you want to know why, Justin? You want to know why? Because I was right about the 76ers offense. You know what? It was bold claim. Yeah, it was correct. You're not. The only reason... Joel Embiid. Okay. Tyrese. We'll give both gotten over 30 points. We'll give you th- game one and two. Actually, I'll give you game one. Game two was because of injuries. Still, we beat y'all by 20 plus points. Okay. It's, there were points where we were in the lead by like 25 points. But you put Scotty Barnes back in the game. You give Gary yeah. Trent an actual chance to make some baskets, and Sid's going to relay this too. I just think Toronto, Toronto's going to put up a fight. This series is not over. Um, Canadian team's resilient. I think... I think Congratulations, too. I think that... <laughs> How many Americans you got on that team? Oh, basically everyone. <laughs> That's Goes what, both ways. That's what. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm not talking right. basketball. With it's them. a write-off. But in terms of this series, I don't think it's a write-off. Shaq's words are not guaranteed yet. I do think Nick Nurse is a great coach. Yeah. And I think he's going to find a way to make adjustments. He's a great coach. Even, but on the court, listen, who cares about – let's set aside players out for a minute. Let's go on the court and just talk about Fred Van Vliet fouling out. That never happens, and he's doing that. If you're short on your bench, why are you fouling out? Exactly. You have to to stand up. Well, if you get into foul trouble, Scotty Burns would take some of those fouls away. Yeah. But, like... Fred VanVleet's gonna have to play the way he's gonna have to play in order to help the team win. And you know okay, what? Then he's got to play his game. His, his game is yeah, not fouling like, out. Trent Jr. scored how many points last night? Zero. Zero. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And he only played ten minutes. 
Now, I know just he was injured and he was doubtful for game two. Yeah. But game one, he was pretty shitty, too. Like, no offense, but, like, Gary Trent needs to step up if we have any shot at winning this. No, like, Colin is what it is. Like, he just needs to do it. Um, Fred Van Bleet needs to step up, too. And Siakam, he needs to play better. Um, But that's why we're going to go home to Canada. The best environment in the NBA. And they're going to show like they always do in Toronto. And you cannot tell me there's no better crowd in the NBA than Toronto's. That's a great crowd. And I'll be honest. Philadelphia is going to face some vaccination trouble over the border. Yeah. They're going to miss a few players. So, Toronto and Philly will be down players. Kind of so weird. So, if yeah. you have a shot, this is it, Justin. Talk about a shot. You yeah. need to tie the series here. Talk about a shot. They got one shot, but not the second shot. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. I, I understand if you want to be unvaccinated, you want to be unvaccinated, but... If you got one shot, why didn't you get the second shot? Just so then you could go play your NBA basketball. Like, I, I don't know. You know it's better than one egg on toast? Two eggs on toast. Yeah. Three eggs on toast. That's that's where it's at. So, <laughs> I mean, we had that series, and that yeah. wasn't... That's, that's, it's not over yet, folks. But we do have a very interesting series that the Jazz, the Utah Jazz, should be embarrassed Against about. the Mavericks, yeah. Because they don't have the Dallas Mavericks don't have Luka Doncic, and they're still in this series, tied it up one one. Yeah. Last night, unbelievable performance from Jalen Brunson. Oh yes. What forty eight points? Forty one. Forty one points. Yeah, that is incredible. He stepped That's up. Goat status. He stepped up like Fred VanVleet needs to step up. <laughs> Basically. Well, he shouldn't step up too much, or else he'll catch a. Well, that charge calls, but anyway, <laughs> I well, I'll lay off Toronto here. Yeah, I yeah. think I think you need to lay off the Canadian debate. You know, she'll get fired up over there. Yeah. Uh, well. But Utah, Utah should be very disappointed with themselves. They could have took a two nothing series lead without Luca in the Mavericks lineup, and they lost. Um, I. I don't know who whose fault you can really put this on. I think it was just defense on Utah's part, to be honest. Like, how do you let Jalen Brunson go for forty-one? I don't yeah. know how, but they did it. Um, well, Jalen's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I'll tell you, letting Dallas go that far against you for all four quarters, and they kept it close too. But that was just because of Utah's offense. Mm-hmm. Utah's defense. How are you allowing so many players to get above 20 points, let alone 41? Really, though? I mean, Dallas definitely deserved to win last night. But I think this series is over. I really do. I think this series is over because once they get Luka back, I don't think Utah stands a chance. I think they missed their opportunity. I think six games. I think Utah missed their opportunity. Yeah, because yeah, like, what 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 are they gonna do now? Dallas in six. It's not over over. No. I think it's over over. I think. This but the second Luca comes back, it's definitely. Yeah. And they'll get him back soon here. Yeah, like either game, game three or game four. Game three or game four, and I think after that, you you basically wrap this series up and you yeah. send Dallas Mavericks to the Western Conference Finals, or not Western Conference, Western Conference Semifinals. Yeah. And I think that's a big step for this Dallas team, but, like, there's no one on you. Like, Donovan Mitchell's not playing like Donovan Mitchell right now, so, I don't know. Well, in terms of, you know, debate here, I will eat my words on the Chicago Bulls. That was slightly embarrassing. What what did DeMar DeRozan do? Nothing. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wait. He had 18 points, shot 6 from 25 from the field. Yeah, yeah. And his playoff debut for the Bulls. Now, what did I tell you before the playoffs started? Yeah, we're not why, did we, why did we trade DeMar DeRozan from yeah. the Raptors? Yeah, because April is a tough time for DeRozan. <laughs> <laughs> they like, people, it's, 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 it's yeah. facts. Yeah. He can't perform. 
I don't know why. Okay. I like the guy. I really like yeah. the guy. Let's let's lay off the Marty Rosen because Milwaukee is an incredible team this year. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're looking to repeat. All right, still. You know, that's... I, I, I just think that this has to be laid on DeMar DeRozan. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's on Milwaukee being a great basketball team. No, it team. doesn't. It's because DeMar DeRozan had MVP type season, had an MVP type season, and then he just blew it in the playoffs. He's not. He didn't blow it all the way. That was a game oh, one. Man, game one, but yeah. So far, you're basing seven off of one. <laughs> if this is the way it's gonna look for all seven, Bulls are getting. It's slapped. not gonna be seven. Yeah, but it's because of the Bucks, man. Not because of the Bulls players. I I, I don't think there's I'm any. I'm saying your superstars need to step up. Like, we saw that with Kawhi. I don't think there's any better. We see that with Curry. We see that with LeBron. I don't think there's any better. DeMar wants to be in that conversation. He needs to step up. And I don't think there's any better player than Giannis. No. Like, Giannis is... He's gone. And Shaq. Actually, Shaq had a really interesting video. He said, someone asked him, do you think you could play in today's game? And he said... And he said, yeah, I am. I am right now. What do you guys mean? Yeah. I'm the Greek freak. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at me. I'm literally yeah. playing in today's game, the most dominant player in the game, and he's putting up incredible numbers. Yeah, and Bucks are putting up insane numbers against the Bulls. It's not to any fault of any one Bull. Mm-hmm. It's because of Milwaukee's straight domination to this. I think the general consensus in Chicago was well, hopefully we don't get swept. Do you, and, after game one, do you think the Bucks are serious contenders again for repeating? Yeah. Oh yeah, 100%. They're definitely to be feared hmm. out of anyone in this conference. I mean... Your thoughts? I just think DeRozan, if he wants to be an all-star, he needs to step up. Yeah, for the Bucks. Bucks are unreal just because he's honest. Yeah. Like, if, he, if Giannis is playing the way he's playing and his three-point shooting just continues to go in like a, like a you know, 30% clip, Bucks are unstoppable. Yeah. Speaking of 30%, oh, man, we're seeing some terrible percentages in baseball right now. Arizona. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Arizona is, like, it's kind of sad. Like, they're one of the best farm teams in the MLB. <laughs> Yeah, like they're basically a farm league team. Like it's just it's weird how baseball just works. It's It's always it's always been this way. Like it's disappointing. You have a payroll of like three hundred million for the Dodgers, and then like a payroll of like thirty million for the Diamondbacks. Like it's just weird. Um, It's weird. Like there's no cap and everything like that. But it just makes certain divisions and conferences just so unappealing. Yeah. It does, but the AL East has some really good contenders. Oh, Yankees and Toronto for sure. Yankees, Toronto, but you forgot about the Red Sox and you forgot about the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, great te- all great teams. So that's the interesting division on the AL side, I would say. Oh, yeah. The NL side is the NL West. Oh, yeah. You yes. got the Rockies. Dodgers, Padres, Rockies. Like, Giants, too. It's a very good... Yeah. Now... I can't see San Fran shaping up to have a standout season, but definitely a solid one. I guess that competition. Yeah. You, it's, can't, it's, you can't promise much at all. Now, what we're going to do here on this show is uh, we're going to have a little bit way too early yeah. World Series prediction. Each of us are going to have our teams. And we'll come back to this in October, November, see how they're shaping up. See how it looks, and oh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. We'll go from there. We're either going to be way wrong, or we're going to be right, and you guys cannot argue with anything we ever say again. Exactly, because we are the goats of patience. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So, Sydney, we'll start with you, our special guest. Um, I'm going to go with the Padres. Why? Making it. Uh, I think once they get Tatis back, they're just going to... Be unstoppable. That's that's a fair statement. I do think that it's gonna be a long season. Shout out Chris Bye. I, I do <laughs> think that it is gonna be a long season without him, like you said. Yeah. Um I don't know how they good do they have are. Some talent, though. They do have some talent, but come on. Number two in the power rankings, they're behind the Dodgers. Yeah. 
the Canadian Blue Jays. Yeah, that's my World Series prediction. Uh, way too early. Uh, their, their lineups up top to bottoms, incredible. Um, the only weak spot I would say they have is probably second base. Um, and that's not really a weak spot, I would say. It's it's not like super weak. It's not any weaker than any other team. But I, I do think that's, if you're saying that there's a weak spot, mm-hmm. 10 games into the team, I would say that's their weak spot. Um, I just, I really think this team is unstoppable. Yeah. Going back though, they got to face the Yankees. But the, the Yankees, that's a, that's the a Yankees pretty good powerhouse of a baseball team. Nah, like when you have no? when you have a pitcher like Alex Manoa, <laughs> you're dogging on the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees are dog shit, man. They've been dog shit for ever since they won the World Series back in 2009. They've been that bad for 13. No way. They lose it every year. They they just they suck. They're still a great team during the regular season and ah, into the no. a hefty postseason. No. Yes. No. I'll give you the pitching is bad this year for Yankees, but the defensive play. Three hundred and thirty some million dollars for giving up a bunch of runs. Um, not looking too good. I don't know. The Yankees are good. They're Blue Jays are bad. You can always kind of lean on the Yankees, though. That's why they're like, you're Patriots three years ago. Always leaning on them. Anyway, Dodgers all the way. That's who I'm thinking on. Dodgers? Dodgers, they're winning this World Series. I mean, Freddie Freeman made some great offseason moves. Freddie Freeman, just yeah. it's just unfair. Uh, <laughs> best way to put it. Cheat code. <laughs> he, he, he hit his first home run of the season, actually, last night um, yeah. against the Atlanta Braves. His old team, very interesting, but I do think the Dodgers are are really good. I, I do think they're good, but yeah. not as good as the Blue Jays. They have some competition to face, but uh, so we'll see. Back in November, you say Dodgers, I say Blue Jays, and she says Padres. So we'll yeah. see what what happens. Should be good. And on the lighthearted story of baseball, it is the 15 year anniversary of my favorite moment in professional baseball. <laughs> The pizza slice toss. Folks, if you don't remember, 15 years ago, there was a foul out. I forget who the Red Sox were playing, but there was a foul ball. <laughs> and a fan knocks it out of the Red Sox. Uh, uh, what is say, left fielder or third baseman. Anyway, a fan, in retaliation to the Red Sox missing it out because of this fan, tosses a pizza slice <laughs> down four rows. Hits the fan square in the shoulder, and one of the best calls in sports broadcasting. Oh, oh, and here comes the pizza! 15 years ago today, folks. So, my dear TV broadcasting moment. <laughs> it's getting old today. Well, so. other than that, we don't really have to turn it to anyone because uh, yeah. this person's sitting right here. Yeah. If you want to talk. I was just going to say, guys, we want to name the studio. Yeah. Yeah, this we is want, up for discussion here. We want, we were, me and okay. Justin went to good old Bridgewater and shut up Thatcher and Scott Armberg. They, they were thinking with a good idea. We want to name this the space. Yeah, fire off in the comments. My vote is the Thunderdome. I think that's just goaded. Uh, the Den is also a second option right now. We're just thinking <laughs> spitballing ideas. Um, the but, Den makes me feel about 85 years old, though. <laughs> So, <laughs> to the den. Da, 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 da. But anyway, we're just the water boys. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the what pool else. House? The pool house. Ooh. Okay. No. Yeah, what pool? I don't have? know. Just making a play. That's that's not a bad idea. That that is a good idea. Yeah. But other than that, we'll go to now our interview special with Sydney Lynn. Welcome back. Today we have a special guest on the podcast for episode 17, Sydney Linden of the UPEI women's hockey team, and actually my girlfriend. And on top of that, her third duty is the person behind the cameras. So, welcome to the show. You've already been here, I don't know, how many episodes? So, 
the majority of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just in the less stressful part behind the camera. Yeah. Production assistant <laughs> slash yeah. hockey player slash. That's what we'll call you. Support staff. <laughs> Support staff. Kinesiology <laughs> student. Yeah. You could add like production staff to your resume. Yeah. PM. Definitely won't. <laughs> okay. Ouch. <laughs> well, fourth season as a Panther is yeah. in the books. Yeah. Uh, don't want to call it a disappointing season because there were still some highlights there. Yeah. Talk, talk us through the last season. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, that being said, like, second year was crazy, right? Like, second yeah. year we had a really, really good team. We were ranked nationally. So, I guess after COVID and coming back from that, it's kind of really hard to live up to in that four season a little bit. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We had great success. Uh, at one point, like we beat St. Mary's and UNB, who were both nationally ranked. That was right before Christmas. Um, and then the second half, we just we just didn't get going like I think we expected to, which uh, is unfortunate. I don't think that like when we had when we came back in January, COVID happened and PI got shut down, yeah. <laughs> including gyms, rinks everything so that made it kind of tough when we got back into the season a lot of our girls got COVID too during that time right Mm -hmm. so coming back after COVID after not training for a month really kind of kicks you in the butt and it's hard to get your your groove going again but you know we we should have beat St. Thomas in playoffs unfortunate that we didn't it was a single game elimination Um, and then Nationals was a blast I know we lost to Concordia but See the same on the men's side. Acadia <laughs> lost to Alberta seven nothing. So you know, yeah. um, but we got our first win ever uh, at nationals against Brock. So that's a positive. And you know, the UBC game, the score looked bad, but we'd like to have a run at them again. It was a, it was an intense game, and I think a lot of it by the end of it, we're like, we're done. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. So grew up just outside of Ottawa. Yeah. When did hockey start for you? Um. Major Pee Wee. Um, I don't know how old that is. Yeah, but you started before that. Well, he said hockey. (laughs) I was going to get there. So it's only like my 10th 10th season of hockey. But before that, I played ringette. So Mm -hmm. I grew up playing ringette. Um, I'm an only child, so my parents put me in girl sports, hoping that I would, you know, make friends. And and I loved it. I fell in love. I always loved skating. I remember going Mm -hmm. to the outdoor rink with my uh, parents and them teaching me how to skate and I loved skating like my whole life so do you find a lot of your teammates started out in ringette or started out in hockey no a lot of them did start out in hockey actually boys hockey um I wish I had been more ballsy I guess as a little kid to to play boys I think uh could have been a lot better than I am now (laughs) anything yeah 100% so you played ringette now, how does that translate to your hockey game? Well, I was already a really good skater. Uh, Rania is very skating based. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember doing power skating. Actually, like funnily enough, I love my power skating coach. I got like an award through like a figure skating thing for like most dedicated like player or something <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, so my skating when I came in was really really good. Um, and like I said, I played I played a year of house league and competitive ringette, like house league hockey, competitive ringette, and then went the other way. Went to competitive hockey, like made the highest level team, uh, Pee Wee AA, and played. Actually, didn't even fully play ringette. I had a really bad injury, but I still, when I was coming back from that injury, there wasn't like a hot. We were on like a hockey break, so I went and played actually at provincials and uh, for ringette. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like get me back in but the puck handling part was definitely the hardest part yeah besides puck handling what else was a big adjustment for it oh the whole like ring out you have lines right like you have a blue line and a ring out yeah. line and only three people are allowed below the ring out line you have to pass over every blue line like just the whole concept that i could technically take the puck from one end to the other end was like something that really like blew my mind did you ever Take that opportunity Did early. I, actually, 100%, 100%. My uh, house league hockey, I think there's a video. Someone has a video, and people called me Red Pants because I was so fast. So, like, by the end of, like, the hockey, like, house league hockey season, everyone knew Red Pants was the one to mm-hmm. watch because my dad got me these 
fire red pants and my first goal ever was literally picking it up behind the net <laughs> and skating all the way down. I don't even know I put it in the net. Yeah. So how many different teams did you play on before coming to UPI? I always played at home uh, for the Canada Rangers. Okay. So, and then I, like, then I made the, like, PWHL, which is, like, the Provincial Women's Hockey League uh, for the Ottawa Lady Sens. So, actually, as time has gone on, like, a lot of the teams you'll see, like, our double-A teams are the Sens for, like, the Canada Rangers. So I'm still within the same organization. I I stayed within the same organization the whole time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Senators, your favorite team is the Ottawa Senators. Absolutely not. But you don't (laughs) have... A favorite team, yeah, really. You just love the team. sport. I love Matt Barzell. He has yeah. my heart. Uh, he just got fired, actually, which is kind of funny. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, but no, the Ottawa Senators are not um, my favorite team. I don't know why. I just... Yeah. I'm not loyal like that. That's what I say. Like, why watch, why watch one team? Like, the Sens used to be so good, and now they're... Like, back in the day with, like, not back in the day, but, like, when they had Mathod and Carlson, like, they lost to Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh won, I think, in, like, 2018? 2017. 2017. Yeah. And then after that, they sucked, so why would I spend my time watching bad hockey? <laughs> yeah, and it is odd as a hockey player to not have a favorite NHL team or a favorite know. team in general. I've, like, bounced around. I, I used to really like Brent Burns. I actually have, like, a sign. Yeah. My parent, I loved him so much that my dad got me, like, a shirt for Christmas. And during, like, through Lady Sends, one of my teammates, her mom's brother, actually worked for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Um, so he actually got a signed Brent Burns stick, and my parents won, like, the, the bidding on that, to, like, for me. So, like... I've bounced around here and there. Like, right now I love Matt Barzell, but maybe in, like, five years I'll be like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> the guard. The guard will be <laughs> so Yeah. So, you, you played at Lady Sens, mm-hmm. and then we talked about it a little bit, but you're recruiting to UPI, but can you go more into depth about how it actually worked? And I know you had a D1 offer, so can you tell us about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, when I was in grade 10, I had two D1 offers. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't take those. Uh, my fault. Uh, I knew that, like, I'm a woman. After hockey, I need to have, an like, an education. I have to actually go work. So, I wanted to... I was only in grade 10. By that time, we're still, like, taking bio as a general uh, subject. We're not into, like, the chemistry, the physics, the biology. And I didn't know if... I mean, I knew I was good at those courses. I didn't know if I actually had like had, had a passion for those or whatnot. So I kind of held off, and because of just myself, like communication ended between those two schools. And what were the schools? Um, uh, University of Maine. Yeah. And uh, RPI, Rensselaer Polytechnical Institute. Um, they were on it. They were called the RPI engineers. Yeah. That's their name, and I don't want to be an engineer. <laughs> like so the whole fact yeah. they were called the engineers, I was like, I don't want to be an engineer. <laughs> like, why would I go to a school? <laughs> but like, they had a very good science program. Um. Anyways, and then that's because I I got those offers probably because I was like one of the I was the young one, and technically the PW is like a U twenty one league, and I was in grade ten. Like, mm-hmm. what's that? 15, 14, 15? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, we didn't have the best luck. We kind of sucked in the next year, my grade 11 year, and when you're not doing well, you don't see the scouts coming up to watch because it's not good hockey to watch. Um, so I got to grade 12, and, you know, I had I had some help from my coach and from uh, another, like, recruiting agency that I am close with, uh, Endeavor, and... I explored D3, I talked to some D1 coaches, um, but no full offers, and I just financially couldn't couldn't go to, to the States without getting a full ride, right? Um, so I was getting down. I, um, I talked to some Canadian schools, um, but nothing like really stuck there. And then I was getting, well, my grade 12 year, I should say, we did all really, really good, really, really well. Um, like on paper, we weren't supposed to be the best team, and actually, it was my first time making it through first round of playoffs. So we were doing pretty good, and I actually, I don't know if I should share this, but the St. FX coach recruiter reached out to my head coach, 
and said, UPI is looking for a defense. Would you please pass this on to Sydney Linden? Mm-hmm. And I had spoken to him again, I think when I was in grade 10, a lot younger and kind of like the email came out, came out of the blue. Um, and at that time, it was, it was pretty late in the season. It was like February, March, and a lot of my teammates had already recruited. And I was kind of like trying to come to terms, like maybe this will be my last year of hockey. Like, and one day I was just like, no, like it can't be. So I, I reached out to Bruce um, and I, it was probably one of the most honest conversations to date that I've ever had. I told him if this is it, Bruce, I want to go out with a bang. Like, I love hockey. Um, anyways, timing worked out really well. The Western University was hosting nationals, I believe, in London, Ontario. And first round of playoffs, we got matched up against the London Devilettes. So our two first games, because they were... Were they ranked higher than us? Maybe not. I don't remember. Uh, but we're in London. Mm-hmm. And so Bruce was there. Bruce told me he was coming to the second game of that weekend. We played a... I think we played a five-game series in PW. As opposed to AUS here where we play a three-game series. Anyways, uh, Bruce told me he was going to be at the second game, not knowing he was at the first game. We lost our first game. The second game, I knew he was there, but I still kind of just played me. But we, we were down like one or two, nothing going into the third. Uh, I scored, and I assisted on like a delayed penalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then played, I was matched up actually against, I think she's all place for like U18 Team Canada now, maybe at Gosling. I was matched up against her. And uh, we won in a shootout. And so I pretty much walked out of that rink with... Uh, London's really close to where my family is, like my parents' parents. So they were at that game too. And Bruce was sitting at a table with my, my dad's parents and my family. And they pretty much sat down and he's like, we want you. And he flew me out for a visit. Um, yeah, and now here I am. Were there any other schools? You said why you didn't want to go to Polytechnic mm-hmm. and be an engineer. But were you hoping for any schools in particular? Uh, not, not really. Uh, I did talk with Laurentian, um, although I'm happy I didn't go there since their team folded due to, like, financial issues, but that, that was about it. I did have, like, some interest from Brock, but, like, again, that was in grade 10. Like, I don't know. I never really had a school where I was, like, I want to go there. It was more, like, I could kind of, like, feel at the place and was, like, Western, like, wasn't really, like, a school for me, for example. So, you get to PEI? Mm-hmm. You get through the adjustments, and you play your first year. How was that? First year was interesting. Um, I came off shoulder surgery. Uh, so in April 2018, I had shoulder surgery. I, st- I tore my labrum. And it, how did you do that? How did I do that? Honestly, I can't even remember. I think, like I said, it happened in my first year at PW, and I kind of like hit a girl, and my shoulder like popped out, and I didn't know what to think of it. It really hurt, but I, like, kept playing, and then it just kind of continuously, like, happened. Like, it got to the point where one one of my last games against Oakville, my shoulder popped out in the middle of the ice, and my D partner was, like, coming D to D to me, and I was, like, trying to, like, wrench my shoulder back in, and I'd walk out after, unfortunately, we lost, and my dad's like, you popped your shoulder out, didn't you? I'm like, <laughs> yep, I can barely hold on to the top of my stick. So, uh, yeah, I had to have shoulder surgery, um, and it was actually worse when they, like, went in there. They had, told me they were only going to do one, like, hole in the back because they just went in, like, uh, to do sutures, and they had to do two because it was torn more than they thought. So, before I committed, I told Bruce that, I need to be honest with you, like, I have to get shoulder surgery. Like, I'm not sure if this will change things. He was great. It didn't. So, my first year, I definitely wasn't in the shape or got the training that I, uh, that I should have or could have. Um, but I still, I still did fine. I think the adjustment was a little, little difficult, but, and I suffered uh, again, like with injury, like after shoulder surgery, October, late October, I popped my shoulder out again. Um, and then I had some back issues when I came back from Christmas. So not the ideal season. Like I said, had I been more trained or maybe worked a little harder in the summer, I might've been able to prevent some of those things, but it just helped me with my journey, uh, first year moving forward. Yeah. yeah. What highlights from that first year stick around still? Oh, my first nationals for sure. Yeah. Um, and I made some some great friends. Actually, I lived across from you. Yeah, you did. <laughs> or <laughs> right no, across. I didn't. Sam did. Sorry, Sam yeah. lived across from you, and I spent a lot of time yeah. with Sam. Um, I'm trying to think what else. 
good old Andrew Hall at EP. Yeah, yeah Andrew <laughs> Hall, that, that game against the residence game. Yeah. Did you play that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That was yeah. fun. I, I think Bernie and Blanche were like, why, why is she playing? <laughs> Man, I, just, I was friends yeah. with a lot of people in Red, so I just wanted to have a little fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nationals that first year was, was a great learning for me. Yeah. So coming into your second year, did you take the training a little bit more seriously? Or? Oh yeah, 100%. Um, I, I had a lot of like mental issues. I always kind of, kind of have, um, but that year, like being away from home and just some things that like I went through suffering with injury, um, I needed to kind of get myself in check and I, and I realized that, um, so I went home and I actually, through the help of again, someone through Endeavor, like that recruiting company, um, they're not just a recruiting company, like they do like training it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to find a nutritionist that I still work with today. Uh, I don't even remember what my body fat percentage like went from, but I started almost at like 26, maybe more than that. Um, and got down to maybe about 18 by the end of the summer. Uh, and and then, then I also- mean the second summer, right? Or do you just mean in general? I just mean, I don't know. I don't even remember. I think, I think that was the first summer. Okay. I don't like I said it's all a blur but then I also like with Endeavor got on the ice got a lot of D training and I was actually shocked when I got on like I was one of the older people on with younger younger kids and like I struggled like I literally remember one day driving home from the rink like crying being like mom this is gonna be a hard summer like get ready for a lot of tears because I'm not anywhere near where I need to be so I kind of just kept grinding got more ice um and Grinded out in the gym, took it a lot more seriously in the past. I've hated running, started running more, working out harder, eating right. Um, and yeah, I came into the next season a whole different player, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so after second season, COVID hits you. COVID and hits. Speaking of a blur, it's. That, one, that was a long year, a yeah. long, long year. Yeah. You would think that with COVID, like. It wouldn't be that bad honestly i think it was worse yeah. because you know when you're in the mode of like school and hockey you just kind of like as a student athlete so you sometimes you look back on it and you're like how did i do that and that's definitely how i felt during covid yeah. because we were just we were training playing games against 15 year old boys who were kicking our butt <laughs> and before that the way the covid break started was just eerie looking back on it you were at nationals we were at nationals again here on pei and it was the second day of Nationals, I want to say. After the first two games got played, yeah. Thursday, Hockey Canada said, no yeah. more. That night, everyone went back to their hotel rooms, and we went back to our dorm rooms here, and it was just... Everyone hey, was here, and not, like I said, I said this earlier, but second year, we had a crazy year. And we yeah. were like, this is our chance at Nationals. And we got put, we pushed to the Friday game, so the whole island could come watch, and then... Thursday. Never happened. Never happened. Yeah. Took the wind out of you. And oh then, my gosh. As you said, you're playing against U15. <laughs> and then we go to play. Like, the <laughs> Island Express for a whole season break. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the Mount. Oh, yeah. And yeah. the Mount. So we were like doing like, we're adjusting to this online school, playing like these like games. Some people just like decided to go home, you know, like you're in lockdown. It's no fun yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Training, training alone is hard to do, right? Because you have to be in smaller smaller groups. Actually, I don't even know if gyms were allowed to be open at that point. Like, That's so long ago, I can't remember. Right? Yeah. Gyms <laughs> were shut down for like two months. Yeah, it was a long year. It was a really long year. So did you stay in shape, you think, at that Oh, point? heck no. It's no? so hard. It's so hard to. Um, I mean... Just all of us, we definitely didn't. There was a lot more partying that happened, you know. <laughs> Student athletes, we don't get to, we don't get to party every weekend. We definitely took, uh, used that COVID to our advantage, you know, just hanging out with the team and the girls. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But coming back for your fourth year, there was still a little bit of speculation if you guys were gonna get a full season, and especially yes. when the COVID break happened. Yeah. But. Were you? Do you think you were mentally prepared for coming into this year and physically prepared after the COVID break? Yeah, hundred percent. I worked my butt off um, the this like summer before this last year. 
I got on the ice way more and it wasn't like before I was getting on the ice with like girls younger than me and like I still kind of was but this time this year I got out with uh I got really fortunate because university players are considered like semi-professional yeah. so I was getting on I was able to get on the ice with like a group of D1 hockey players um before kind of like everyone else did before yeah. it they opened up hockey to like recreational and everything like that. So like in the past, I used to like train like a D. Um, I would just like do D like specific camps and then get on the ice to do like some skill stuff. This time I went through a different company, but still through Endeavor. Like that's how I got the link. I, Endeavor said they were working with AMP. So then I was like, well, I guess I'll go with there. And I was actually the only defense training amongst like girls who again, a little younger than me, but still in D1 hockey mm -hmm. uh, forwards. So I really got to like work on my skill, um, which really, really paid off. And I and I got to stick around. The D1 girls go back a little earlier than mm -hmm. us. I got to stick around. And then through like near the end of the summer, um, great coaching there. Like we worked on shooting, but the, the forward group started to become more of a D group. So they would adjust, uh, adjust mm -hmm. their training like accordingly. Mm -hmm. And that really, really paid off. And eating wise, I had a tough summer with my nutritionist I didn't make the gains I had expected however uh, I did like at the end like there's a two-week period where I went to see him and I, I did I kind of met my goal I don't remember what I got down to but it was it was an exciting moment for me like seeing those pictures and just my training training again started a little rough like with COVID I felt very like burnt out and everything um but I have great trainers Aaron Sam uh, out at FitQuest well Aaron isn't anymore, but Sam out of FitQuest, and we did a lot of like communicating, um, and I've been with them training for for years now, uh, like since I was grade nine, ten, yeah. maybe lower, like less than, like younger than that. Um, so the communication was like really open. So when I felt burnt out, I made the right adjustments, but I was eating right, so it didn't yeah. it didn't hurt me in any way. Yeah. And what other coaches did you have on the ice through those training sessions back in? Oh back home oh i can't even remember all of them uh charlie we had charlie a lot he he's fun that he like charlie i like worked on a lot of the skill with um oh i forget his name but he there was one guy in particular where he like charlie was like a skill guy like we'd work on our hands but the other guy he would really help us like with our shooting form yeah um and he he's a guy who I actually posted some videos like on my Instagram page who like took those in, uh, videos so it's like we do like some skill but then we'd work on our shooting and we even like talked about flex and everything like that too. Yeah. Um. But my job in the summer like really helps me. I, I got fortunate enough that I get to work for the Ottawa Sens hockey camps. Um. Mm. As a just an on ice coach, so I I get to train with or I get to coach kids and and work with some guys who are out at like D three or in juniors and stuff and. Actually, they, like, help me, too. So, there is a little back and forth there at those camps, you know? <laughs> You're trading and they're trading you. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it's just, like, hockey talk, right? Yeah. Or Because of COVID, we had to do really, really small groups. Like, yeah. sometimes we'd have two kids on, like, a full pad of ice. <laughs> so, we'd use that as, like, a chance to, like, have fun with the kids, too, and just, like, talk. And, you know, like, it's... When you're coaching, right? you see different tips that other people give to like others, right? Yeah. And you kind of, you one, you pick up on those to help others, but you're like, I never thought of it that way. Like maybe I should. Yeah. Um, so, oh, and then actually shout out Shane who fixed my, who fixed my one timer. Shane who? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but he worked for Endeavor. I've trained with Shane since I was like young and I always give him a hard time. He's super quiet. And near the end we were working on our one timers and I've always struggled with one timers. And when he, when he told, he gave me like a cue to like reach for the puck. And the second he did that, it was like a whole new shot. And I actually gave him a hug and he just like stood there. I was like, thank you, Shane. And he's like. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I was going to say, so your first three years, you had maybe your best season was like two points. Probably. Like, I scored yeah. my first goal in second year. Yeah, yeah. so like, you only had like two points. Now this year, you had a breakout year. You got four goals and eight assists. Tallying for 20, or 12 points. And you had a plus seven rating. Now, what do you think the key was to seeing the ice better and being more dominant this year? I mean, getting bigger, faster, stronger in the gym never hurts. Um, and... 
I think in a way, like, I was definitely led up to that. Like, I came in first year and had a not suffered with injury. Pretty much played most of the games. Again, second year, played most of my games. You know, so it wasn't like I was in the stands, like, watching right. I got to, like, f be firsthand um, playing. And I think a confidence thing. Like, by the time you're in fourth year, you're like, I'm big dog now. Like, not, like, I know that's a silly like, way to think of it, but... I, I like I know I worked hard mm -hmm. to be there, um, so I just now was like I just got to prove and I can I, I keep up with like the D one girls that I train with at home like that's definitely a confidence booster like even though, like some of those girls have gone to like U eighteen camp I never got that like opportunity I was never good enough but like sometimes in the summer there's, like you don't see like what happens in those training sessions like there's a lot of self doubt there's a lot of like comparing. And but being able to like do it and see the over like time my skill get better and keep up with those girls definitely like a confidence booster. Um, so I just def I just brought that into this year. Um, I got to play a big role, lots of confidence, um, and a lot of like experience like with coaching too. Like you kind of when you understand a little more how the coaches like mind marks like when they're like viewing a player. I think that definitely helps you too. Mm -hmm. Now this year you you had four goals so and you had one potential goal of the year which we'll talk about <laughs> you went to coast to coast oh. against Mount A um what was going through your mind on that one honestly I just I got the puck we were not playing well we were down against Mount A I was like we're not losing this like we can't lose this and I literally just got the puck in our own zone looked up I was like well I'm going for a skate like <laughs> let's go <laughs> I always like finding it's Mount A. Like I always had a lot, a lot of time. Sometimes I would overdo it with like trying to be too, too fancy. This time I'm like, screw it. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep the puck on my stick. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it was just. I still don't think it's a great goal. I think my goal against Saint FX, like when we the the one game we beat mm. Saint FX, like at the point when I dangled. Yeah. That's my like highlight reel goal. Going coast to coast against Mount A. I don't know how much of a feat that is, but it's still pretty cool in AUS hockey. Yeah, for sure. And I, you bring up the fact that you guys were losing to Mount A. This is one thing that I found watching you guys this year. You guys struggled with, couldn't beat the lower ranked teams. You guys struggled with them, and then it was like you played to their level, and then when you played against, say, Saint Avex, UMB, or Saint Mary's. Yeah. You'd play to their level, and you guys would actually play decent and good. He so, can say this because he was at every game, whole so, game. <laughs> so why why is it that you guys really struggled? I honestly think it's just a mental block. Like I think each of us individually know, like just when we when we talk, we're like, we need to play our hockey. We need to play UPI hockey, and then we never do. Like yeah. I I to be fair, it's been a trend my whole. Three, four years. Yeah. Four years at UPI. We'll call it three and a half. Yeah, we'll call it three and a half. <laughs> three and a half, man. Yeah, like it's been it's been a trend, and we just I think just as a team, as a group, it's a mental block. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's the only thing that can, like I said, like we know we know we can compete against Saint Mary's. Yeah. We know we can compete against Saint FX. We know we can compete against UMB. And then when we, when it comes to playing like a team like Mountie or Dow, like we just don't perform as well. It's just something mental for us. So there's there's the problem. What's the fix? What about practice? Um, you know, practices during the week just have to be intense, um, and you just have to play to like, you practice like you play, right? I'm very much someone who's of the mentality: if you practice harder than like a game, the game should be easy. So yeah. I think it it goes down to practices have to be tough every day, and that's really tough as a student athlete, day to day having not going into practice knowing shit I'm gonna have a tough day, but. It'll pay off. Yeah. So as a fourth year, what first year did you take under your wing kind of, you know, talk through practice and work with? You know, like at the start of the year, I always am like one of the people who like try to make it, my teammates like feel acclimated yeah. like and everything. Um, I wouldn't say this year I took anyone like under my wing. I don't feel like I ever yeah. fully like do. I feel like I'm definitely more someone though who just like leads by example. Um, and when I feel like someone's like looking for like some input like I'll be the first to like hey like pat like a rookie on the path I remember as a rookie like 
the best praise I could have gotten was like when my teammate like patted me on the shin pads and was like, nice play or nice pass. So that's kind of like more so um, what I tried to do. Um, but sometimes I can be a little <laughs> bossy and um, just like kind of like let them know like the things that I learned, like I guess about the game. And I wish I had known in first year. But you did have a new D partner this year and mm. she played with Steph, Stephanie this year. Um, you guys played really well together and what do you think you gave her, did you give her advice during the season or like did, she, did you guys just work well together? Like what was the relationship there? Yeah, we work, we work really, really well together. Um, Steph is someone that's always like so smiley, so happy. Um, so I think that really like complimented my personality too. Like when you're mad, grumpy. when I, <laughs> I'm very hard on myself or I do get a little, get a little grumpy sometimes. Um, so Steph's like, that was definitely great at just like from an older, like, or a fourth year standpoint, like pulling me back and saying like, no, no, like you're playing great, like you're having fun. Um, but I also really felt like our communication just like together was, was awesome. Like. I could like let her know what I saw or she could let me know what she saw or Steph just seems like Steph's a phenomenal player um she just seems like the confidence so I definitely think that my role for her was being like stop it like you're freaking killing it like um and it was kind of fun like as the games like went on sometimes when we would go on and I wouldn't even touch the puck and Steph would just be there like dangling or making these awesome passes so I think that having a D partner that she like was crazy supportive of me and I was crazy supportive of her, like really worked for our uh, partnership and our relationship. Yeah. So COVID wasn't done yet. In no. Last year even. Uh, you got a really long winter break there. Yeah. Yeah. So did you stay in touch with her over winter break? Well, we lived together. Yeah. Uh, we lived together. So yes, uh, pretty much everyone came back. I think we were all hoping that COVID wouldn't shut us down yeah. um, and everything. And then, yeah, we, like I said, me, she, she's just she's a great person so she's super easy to get along with always happy so she's super easy to talk to um, and I definitely think that that helped yeah how did that second half feel as a team weird weird yeah. we never just we never got back to the high we were at before before um, Christmas mm-hmm. I think part of that is a, a lot of our team came down with COVID so we were never really our full playing unit yeah a lot of people were in and out of the lineup, um, which is great for them, but I think that just makes it really hard as a team who's trying to... Like, the first time we played with our full lineup was it against Sue in the first round. Yeah. And so that's a little... That, that's really tough. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, tough game against there. We've dug a dagger in enough there, poured enough salt in that one. <laughs> if you want to find out about the Stu game, just go back to the last <laughs> UPI Women's Hockey episode. Yeah. Yeah. But... On the bright side, going into your last Nationals. Well, don't want to say last. Yeah. <laughs> but going into Nationals once more. How was that? Super, super exciting, super fun. Um, I was really excited for my parents to come. That was definitely a, that was definitely a hype factor for me. But, yeah, just, just really exciting. Um, fun to watch, like, teams like Concordia or even uh, Saskatchewan. Like, Saskatchewan, really young team. And to see how, how they play, um, see how we compare. Um, but winning, winning our first nationals game, best high ever. Like nothing could, nothing could have beat that for us. Um, tough loss against Concordia, but I personally found it them very fun to watch. Like not just, not just on the ice, but on the bench. Like being coached by two Olympians, got to be a cool environment to be part of. Yeah, for sure. And that's where we're gonna go next. Just your future. We know that you're not coming back, but what is the future plans for you? And do you plan on playing again? Oh yeah, I'm not done playing yet. Um, only 21. I've got a lot of play left in me. I've seen myself grow a lot these past like four years, and I just I just want to keep growing. I'm definitely a student of the game, and I love playing. I love competing. Um, but after that. Talked, I've touched on it a little bit. Love to coach. Um, I'm going to keep working on getting some coaching certifications. Hopefully stay involved with girls hockey. Would love to even dab my feet in some 
boys hockey just to just to compare those environments i think as a coach you'll have to have experience with both genders like every level you know because it's just it's just progression um player development is always involved you just have to understand how to develop each kid at a different level so i'd love to love to get into coaching the game Mm-hmm. Um, I love the game like, again. Mm-hmm. Student of the game, but I love the strategy of it too. She thinks hockey twenty four seven, so <laughs> you know, there's not much else to say there. Well, but thanks for coming on, and congratulations on your esteemed career, Justin. Take us out. Thank you for listening to the Water Boys podcast, episode seventeen. You can like and subscribe on YouTube. You can follow along on Instagram, and you can follow along on the new page, Water Boys underscore Media. We're covering sporting events. All we need you to do is let us know where the sporting event are, sporting events are, and we'll be there to cover them for you. Um, other than that, we're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And after this week. We unfortunately will not have these beautiful looking cameras that I'm staring at right now. We get one iPhone 13. Yes, his <laughs> iPhone 13 will be recording these until September. Subtle flex. Until September. <laughs> unfortunately, these are the school's cameras, so we have been fortunate enough to use them for 17 episodes. Shout out to Holland College. For letting us use them. Um, but as it's the end of the school year, we have to return them. So this is the Water Boys podcast, unscripted, unfilmed. Grant, send them out. Yes, sir.